discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Yang. Good to have you join us. The pursuit of happiness often proves capricious. However, therein lies a subtle truth. Anchoring our happiness solely in one place can leave us exposed to life's inescapable ebbs and flows. We explore a potential defense mechanism: the cultivation of happiness from multiple dimensions. Can it provide alternative ways of being happy? For this discussion, I'm joined by Yushun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Is the quest for a life filled with contentment and joy the universal pursuit we all share? Yet there is wisdom in recognizing that placing all our hopes on a single source of happiness can render us fragile in the face of life's unpredictable twists and turns. What often eludes our attention is the art of nurturing happiness from multiple streams. On multiple dimensions, and that is something I'm very curious about, Yushun. So tell us, what is this idea of multi-dimensional happiness?、Mm. It can also be seen as the, you know, the way of multi-focus of living, you know, which can diversify the avenues of happiness. Whether it be in the workplace or within your family or among different social groups, its importance lies in the fact that it enables you to continually develop self-awareness in various relationships, and ultimately leading you to the establishment of self-identity, offering a more balanced and harmonious way of living. I know it sounds really philosophical and abstract. So in our real life,、uh, more specifically, you. Can break down your dimensions of happiness into detailed facets. For example, a person who has a nine-to-five job, who is also a mother to a seven-year-old child, with interests in baking bread and playing frisbee, let's say, and regularly donating to children who cannot afford school, and in that way, she has scattered her happiness into many areas, right? Such as The sense of accomplishment in creating recipes, and the sense of connection through team sports, which is the frisbee, and the meaningful contribution to charity. So what she did is just fragmenting her happiness into different areas, and that we call it multi-dimensional happiness. Okay, don't put your eggs in one basket. Right. That used to be a financial. Adage, but here maybe it can lend us some ideas in the pursuit of happiness as well.、Um, Josh, what do you think? Well, I I think that it makes a lot of sense, and diversifying your happiness in this way, this multi-dimensional happiness, or finding different avenues through which you can achieve it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I am a little bit skeptical. I wonder if we should think about it in. Such a rigid way, and I guess it also makes me think about whether or not happiness is, or pursuing happiness in this way is—is is it a selfish act? Do you guys think? I mean, I, I'm not sure if if really happiness should should also be—it's、um, more su- subjective and complex in this way. I think that it is biological and physiological, and 
we can think about balancing it out and but we're talking about it almost like it's revenue right almost like diversifying your portfolio or <laughs> getting passive income or something like that um which seems a bit strange to me but mm. I, I guess it makes sense do, do you do you understand what i mean do you feel i the same do way? i do and i'm glad you pointed that out because that is also why this can become a rich discussion because there are just so many different facets to it and layers to what you see as happiness because I would like to think that nowadays people like see happiness in different lenses for example like we used to think that maybe or at least promoted mainstream in our society used to be oh making a contribution to your country would bring happiness to heart or something like that or maybe having these kind of a career attainment that would make you happy making a lot of money that make people happy having a family getting married having kids i mean and some people would say like you know we find fulfillment in life to be really important as a source of happiness. Um, and fulfillment comes in different shapes and forms and different avenues. It could be that helping other people out and that actually in turn makes you really happy. So Peter, can you help us to entangle all these abstract ideas to happiness? Yes, and I think it is kind of a you know, self-centered way of expressing gaining happiness. Um, actually, from another perspective of seeing these things that you are pursuing happiness, it, it's actually not only about you. For example, when you are doing sports, you think yourself are just, you know, uh, being happy. But actually, when it's a teamwork, it is a teamwork, then not only you are happy, others are happy. And when you are communicating or you are doing charity, not only you are happy, the people who accepted your kindness is also very happy. So when we are talking about, you know, um, we create different avenues of pursuing happy, it's actually more likely you are standing in the shoes of yourself. But when we are standing in the shoes of others, we can understand that it is not only about you being happy, it is also about the people who are around you are feeling happy as well. Hmm. But you feel happy because other people you know their lives have become better because of you and, and so you're, you're you're that's still not you know truly altruistic and that's why i say that it's kind of self-centered because you are and i don't think that's negative it's mm -hmm. so good that you just care more about your feelings i think that is just you know the side fact of you yourself are feeling happy of course, and I think the first position is that we should care about our feelings in the first place. Yeah, I mean, we could we could get really deep into this if we're going to get into the philosophical aspect and constructs around what happiness is and whether it constitutes being selfish or not and all of this and that. But if we're just talking about finding happiness, finding joy, finding that chemical balance that makes life worth living, then... I think that it, it often does start from a place of self-love. I think that also it starts and off the back of that, what's more important maybe possibly is fostering a community, i.e. a connection with people around you that you care about. Um, and I think that this is why so many people that do things like volunteering or helping others in some way or mm -hmm. people who have jobs 
work where they help people. Maybe it's in the medical profession or something else where there's something other than a financial reward and they often report high levels of satisfaction and happiness, albeit many of these professions also report very high levels of stress and burnout. Mm -hmm. But happiness, I think, is is not always a counter to that. I think that it can be um, it can be in line with it as well. Yes, what I do agree with, um, you know, this whole theory um, is that it's simply too risky to rely on one path to happiness. Um, and, and it's really, it's really interesting. Um, okay, I just like to say to our listeners, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you can allow us this growth and allow us to recant our views from time to time. Because I still remember maybe five years ago or so on the show, I had the audacity of pretty much making the statement that work makes me happy. And uh, forget about boyfriends or whatever man in your life in the sense that when it's a human being in your life, you know how unpredictable that goes. But with work, as long as you put enough effort, time, and heart in it at the time, five years ago, I thought that you are guaranteed with some kind of reward, um, be it financial, a promotion, or fulfillment through doing your work well. And then you feel satisfied and you feel this joy. And um, I used to think that's enough in life when now, five years later, I, I have to admit, I feel I was extremely naive and short-sighted. And I think in a way, maybe I wholeheartedly accepted this idea that's been preached to us in school and in life in in our society and i don't think this is just in our country but across the board that is in school you're told that you're supposed to get good grades and that's the sole measurement of you as success in school and once you graduate and we're all still looking for some kind of measurement or some kind of goalpost. And that became doing well at work. And some people would say that would equal to money, but not necessarily to, to me. But still, I thought, you know, just putting 100% into your job, your job validates who you are and how wrong I am. Because with anything in life, relationship, job, career, anything, if you only become fixated on that one value system of judgment, then you're bound to fail at some point because life doesn't go linear like a straight line and you're not going to just go up and up and up. So my idea here or my interpretation here is that, you know, just to add some padding, add a moat, add some protection mechanism, then we need to diversify or divert our attention to different areas in life. And it's surprisingly, it's in the little things that, um, that makes us happy. And, and that's, that just makes, at least from, from my point of view, sort of open your eyes to, to the wider happenings in life. And, um, and that's how you break down the tunnel view vision in a way it is. So 
that's my speech. And I wonder if you guys have something to say in terms of the way we look at or we construct this idea of how we can become happy. Um, I don't think what you said was that bad. You know, when you were I feeling... didn't think it was bad. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> but you were saying that was wrong, right? What, you you mean like looking thinking that work is the only thing right. that validates my life? I now one hundred percent object that idea. You know, yeah, I, I say this on record. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what I mean is that um, if you are feeling um, you know, hundred percent happy with that environment. I don't think that is, you know, something wrong with it. And um, I think what we're talking about today is that we should have that kind of precaution on. Um, don't put like all of your focus on one thing, especially on work, because when, because when it's only about work, when you have any conflicts or setbacks in work, you will just feel devastating. It, it is. Then. It is. It becomes devastating, and you're truly devastated by mm. it because, like, it's the same as I have so much sympathy for women in in the ancient world. For example, when we were confined to the household, to your husband and raising children, and just the thought of your whole world is that, and and you have no say over your husband, and just. You know, it's it's similar to to the work example that we're just saying here. If your only sole focus of your attention is one person, one thing, then anything goes wrong with that, your world collapses, and and we could all just do better without that. <laughs> I think that the pursuit of happiness in in any sense is usually pretty positive, and I would encourage most people to to think about that and. I also think that we do all have quite a lot of individuality when it comes to this subject. And there are a lot of things that we do or don't do in our lives that contribute to our happiness or on the flip side can, can trigger us into a, a poor or a sad state of mind. And, and I think that it's important to look at one's life sometimes and think about this. And I think that the concept we're talking about today, this multi-dimensional happiness is definitely a good one but i don't think that this is the only way to achieve it i think that everybody's mindset everybody's individuality everybody's character is pretty multi-dimensional and i think that it is important to look at yourself really and look at your habits and look at those things that do make you happy look at those moments in your life where you were happy and think about what you were doing then that you're not doing now for example and also think about the things that maybe make you unhappy those things that maybe trigger you. I think that sometimes it can be tiny little things. And I think today we've spoken about quite a lot of grand big things, like things you can do um, that are often take up a lot of time and are quite life changing. But I think that we can also find multidimensional happiness from small things as well. Ooh, I think, such as? for example, well, things like colors and lighting. I, I think things like your diet, what you're eating, the time that you wake up in the morning or you know, even what color, if you, if there's a certain color you like, why aren't your bed sheets that color? You know, <laughs> I mean, if, if you feel a bit down, I know me, for example, light is really important for me. Um, sound as well. Obviously mm -hmm. I'm way over sensitive about sound because of my job. I know her young as well. You're very sensitive to sound probably because your job as well. Um, but I find that light is very important. So whenever I rent an apartment, which 
is more often than most people because I move around so much. I, I have to make sure that there's sunlight coming in. Mm. It's mm, something that I realized same. quite later on. I think that's important for a lot of people. Right. But I always have to have a light on as well most of the time. If it's very dim, if the clouds are low, I, I have to turn a light on. It just lifts my mood immediately. Noticing those little things about yourself, I think, can also contribute to this idea of multidimensional happiness. Yes, but also I wonder, um, this is something maybe one um, question I have for this whole system of multidimensional happiness. That is, sure, there are these little joys that we can find in life and remember to smell the roses kind of thing. I, I am a true advocate for that. But maybe it's because how it's translated in Chinese, um, I just feel the word happiness or this term happiness usually has quite a lot of weight to it. Um, also, it depends on how you translate it. Is it 快乐 or is it 幸福? If it's 幸福 in Chinese, the context, then I wouldn't mention receiving a bouquet of flowers would bring me 幸福. No way. My 幸福 is like too cheap that way. Um, it, it's supposed to be something of a grander scale or scheme or it's like more of a cornerstone to what makes you who you are in a way or at least the version the better version of you that you're pursuing so and I feel that is just so much harder to attain yeah so a little bit of the um, maybe lost in translation or simply um, different ideas in in different cultures of the same subject I would say they are different in, um, I think, different time spans because Kuala is more like it's an instant and a flash of emotion. And when it's 幸福, it's a long term of happiness. And also, I was thinking, why cannot 幸福 be Kuala? That's just, you know, a little bit hard for non-Chinese speaking people. But I would say you can understand as when people are asking you, are you happy right now? or are you happy with your life? <laughs> yes. So are you happy right now? A lot of people may say, yes, I am. But are you happy with your life? May Okay, I would think about it. So it's more kind of a, you know, quietly is more like a foundation of xingfu. So it's um, a long-term happiness is based on in, an instant happiness. So I think there must be some connection between these two idea, but there are also some differences. But they're related. <laughs> Josh, do you see a similar kind of query in English? Like, is, is happiness something that can be quite heavy to you? Or is it so airy and light? Or maybe it can be both. Well, British people are notoriously quite a miserable bunch, you know, and if you look at the ways no, that we find never. happiness, I mean, just look at our humor and our TV series. I'm, I mean, it's, Gallo I, I, humor. I don't know. I'm not sure where we get our happiness from. I mean, it is a heavy subject for sure. In Britain is a particularly weird one. I mean, I'm British, so I'm, I'm so you're allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're, we're, we're so cynical as a nation that it's and we're so sarcastic in our humor sometimes and our humor is so dark that it's really and this is where we're supposed to get happiness from our humor that it is really tricky sometimes to take happiness seriously 
in the UK, mm. I think. But I guess that's just our way of doing things. I, I mean, yeah, it is a topic we, we talk about a lot. I think, but again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, I think there are a lot of consistent things that transcend these cultural boundaries. And one of them is community and family, for sure. And that's yeah. something that st stands strong in the UK and I think ev every culture as well is that happiness, if you just look at our festivals and our holidays, these designated times in the year where we're supposed to be happy, they all center around family and they all center around food and drink, which I think is the same the world over, right? So definitely those things we, we value as well. Yeah, and before we turn on the mic, Yushun, you mentioned something about well, a little investigation you went on social media and some folks have been talking about, well, their relationship with work and happiness and how some people are starting to say that they're rejecting the idea of the attempt of finding happiness through work. So share with us what you found. Mm. Um, there are a lot of people are saying this online that, you know, quitting a job is more like a scheme product because um, you can you can finally have your own time after that. But, you know, the sense of relief from quitting is kind of short lived because we need to accept all of the consequence of quitting. Right. And over time, anxiety often follows after it. Um, and this is actually validated in a psychology article in the journal stress and health in 2018 and every activity we engage in consumes our you know psychological efficacy and even leisurely or enjoyable activities and this is why it's often difficult for us to be content and con consistently lie flat or not working without any worries um i think that however you pursue happiness whether it's again cultivating more positive relationships or seeking personal growth or again trying to foster a sense of community or find your community in some way or another i think that it's worthwhile to just to pursue any of these things in my opinion i think that it's worthwhile to um think hard about how you can make your life more valuable and um just love yourself as you guys put a lot of emphasis on i thank you both for saying that as well because i don't think i did enough in what I said today. And I think it really starts from there. And I think as long as you try to make today better than yesterday and keep going step by step, you're going to be on the right track. Nice. And what you guys have said today actually helped me arrive at this point, which is, I think, still in line with today's topic. Um, happiness isn't a goal. It's a byproduct of a life well lived. So I feel sometimes we fall to this trap that there's a goal, there's a target in the distance, and we really want to rush there. And then actually we miss out a lot on the way. And we're always moving the goalposts, robbing ourselves of any sense of achievement or celebration. So slow down for a second and see life for what it is in all the little moments, which I think you can definitely find joy and satisfaction, or maybe temporary happiness or however you define it. All in all, we wish you a very happy day and hopefully you can find 
the different dimensions and sources of happiness that can lead to a fulfilling life. Thank you so much, Yushun and Josh Cotterell for joining the discussion. I'm Ha Young. 